It's the DMV Dine-In Podcast, where we highlight the best restaurants featuring the most talented chefs and bartenders, top restaurant owners, and the savviest local foodies in the DMV. I'm your host, Elena Spinola. Come dine with us, DMV style. Hey, DMV diners. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of the DMV Dine-In Podcast. We are thrilled to bring our love of the DMV food scene to you. Today, we're talking to Chris Wadsworth, editor of Ashburn Magazine. Chris wrote an article titled No Limits in the May-June 2022 issue, which focuses on the best of Ashburn. But specifically, we wanted to hear about some of the area's best places to get a Bloody Mary. Who doesn't love a Bloody Mary? But first, before we get to that, we're going to talk about what's happening in the DMV right now in a new segment we call a news boosh. All right, guys. So... Who doesn't love barbecue right now in the DMV coming up June 25th and 26th? It's the National Capital Barbecue Battle. They're going to have contests and, of course, tons of barbecue everywhere you look. If you go on their website, you'll be really excited. You'll see all the action, what's going on. It's going to be between 3rd and 7th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. And uh, once again, this has been going on for 30 years. So you can imagine every single year it gets bigger and bigger. It's something that they call, quote, the official start of summer when they have this National Capital Barbecue Battle. It's hosted by Giant, which is really cool. And again, it's going to be what they are calling the tastiest summer celebration. You can just imagine the food, the entertainment, the contests, celebrity chefs. They are going to have it all. So go check that out. And um, hey, big shout out to my favorite barbecue restaurant, Rockland's Barbecue. Have you guys been there? They've got several locations. This is like a little... Fun fact, I used to live in Glover Park in the Georgetown area and Rockland's barbecue was on the street. And every single day when I came home from work, I smelled it. (laughs) And when you smell something that good, you got to eat there. So I ate there a lot. So I love you, Rockland's barbecue. We also have a new restaurant opening that we want to share with you guys. It's called Il Piatto. It's an Italian restaurant and it's set to open Thursday, June 23rd in the place that was formerly Mirabelle, uh, which sits about a block from the White House. So great location. It's going to be a beautiful restaurant. I think people are really going to love this. Restaurateur Hakan Elan opened Mirabelle in 2017. Um, And again, this is what's going to be replacing it. I believe it has over a hundred seat dining and it is definitely going to be ready for people to check out. Hey, I'm curious, what's your guys' favorite Italian restaurant? There are so many in the DMV. I can tell you my favorite is Philomena in Georgetown. If you haven't been there, you got to check it out. There's usually a cute little lady sitting in the window making gnocchi, making the fresh pasta. And then, of course, you walk down the stairs and there's a giant display of amazing desserts. I think anyone who is a foodie who likes Italian food, they know Philomena. And then after you check that out, go check out this new restaurant, Il Piatto. Again, opening June 23rd. We've got something else exciting happening in Baltimore. It's called the Bite of Baltimore. It's going to be in Fells Point and Mount Vernon. It's a food tour, and it's going on now through June 26th. It's like a progressive dinner. There's something like four plates of food. There's appetizers, entrees, and desserts, as well as a seasonal cocktail. It's uh, it's going to be really cool. And I've never done anything like this. It's like a local walking tour with a guide. How cool. You can learn about history, culture, the neighborhoods. I definitely recommend this. And hey, I might check it out myself. Here's another fun fact. I went to college in Baltimore. 
So uh, I would love to go back to this area and do one of these walking tours. They've got uh, so many great restaurants, by the way, in that Bells Point area and Federal Hill. I have been back in the last couple of years and it is quite a foodie scene. Lastly, I want to share that the very famous celebrity chef, he's a Spanish chef, Jose Andres, everyone knows the name. He is the founder of World Central Kitchen which is a nonprofit, which is devoted to providing meals in the wake of disasters. He has done this all over the world and he has done it for many years. He has also recently announced that he plans to open a restaurant in the old post office building in Washington, DC. This is very exciting. His restaurant is going to be called The Bazaar by Jose Andres. Again, it's going to be in the old post office building, which is a gorgeous building right downtown where all the monuments are a great place for anyone local. And of course, for tourists, they love these great restaurants right downtown. I think it's so fabulous to support Jose Andres, considering all the things that he does. I purposely try to get to his restaurants because of the amazing things that he does. Two of my very favorite are Haleo and Zetinha. If you haven't been, check those restaurants out. They kind of specialize in those small bites and just, oh, so tasty my favorite restaurants. Go check them out. And I cannot wait for the Bazaar by Jose Andres to open up. And that's what's happening in the DMV foodie scene right now. The art of the very popular Bloody Mary. That's what we're talking about now on the DMV Dine-In Podcast. Joining us to share his thoughts is Chris Wadsworth, editor of Ashburn Magazine, which is distributed in Northern Virginia. And recently they published their Best of Ashburn 2022 issue. In it, Chris wrote the article entitled No Limits, which features, among other things, uh, best bartender in Ashburn, and she shares her most popular drinks that she serves, which uh, you guys guessed it is the Bloody Mary. So let's get started. Chris, welcome to the DMV Dine-In Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. We're really excited to have you because on this podcast, we are all about sharing the best of the best in food, in drinks, in restaurants, in the dining scene. And of course, you touch upon that in this article. Um, So first off, tell us about Ashburn Magazine. Well, sure. Ashburn Magazine was launched, I think it was back in 2019. So we're we're in our fourth year now. We've completed three years in our fourth year. Um, it's a bi-monthly magazine. It's a, a really high quality magazine. And I obviously am tooting my own horn by saying that, but it's a, uh, um, there's a lot of fringe magazines floating around, but this is like a real magazine journalism. We go out and cover real stories. We have real writers, real editors. Most of the people involved in it have a long history in journalism and magazines like Washingtonian and Northern Virginia Magazine and some of those types. We're kind of proud of what we've done. We just won a bunch of awards. We won like, I think 16 awards. So quite a, quite a haul. Oh, wow. Well, big congratulations. That's that's phenomenal. That's awesome. I can attest that it's a great magazine, particularly this issue, which is the best of the best. It's always great to know that people have voted and they're sharing what they what they find are their favorites. Yeah, it's great. It's great to celebrate local businesses. It really is. And that's what that that's what the best of Ashburn does is it celebrates Ashburn businesses, Ashburn people, too, of course, um, you know, best teacher and things like that. But we really like to celebrate the businesses, the best restaurant, the best sushi, that type of thing. And you're right to celebrate them. Feels great. That's awesome. And I'm sure they are excited to be not only the ones that won, but even those that were nominated. It's it's huge and it's exciting. Um, How would you describe the food, restaurant, dining scene in Ashburn? I guess I would say the restaurant scene in Ashburn, in my mind, is developing. 
you know, we certainly don't have maybe all the cuisines and all the quaint and chef inspired restaurants that you might find in DC or in Alexandria or Arlington. But that being said, as you well know, because you and I live in close proximity, there's a lot of wonderful restaurants around here. I'm thinking obviously Parallel, I'm thinking of Asso, DC Prime, um, of course, Clyde's. So, I mean, we do have a lot of excellent restaurants in this area, but we also have a lot of chains and I'm not dinging chains. I eat at chains all the time, but it's great to see when we see some of these new unique cuisines and um, chef inspired type restaurants joining the local scene. I agree with that. We've got great restaurants and we're still emerging. We're still um, growing in that space. When I first moved here, I want to say one of the only major restaurants was Clyde's, which is phenomenal. I love it. It's beautiful. And the food is great. But there weren't too many others uh, when I first moved here like 10 years ago. So and I know there's people around here that have been here 20, 30 years. So it's still emerging, which is really exciting. And which is why I love uh, this issue, which is featuring some of those new coming restaurants. So speaking of your article, No Limits, uh, I guess, first off, how do you go about conducting your research? So I, I enjoy Bloody Marys. I uh, I sometimes almost am embarrassed because I'm the type of person who will, I'll sometimes get a Bloody Mary in the evening. And and I and I feel like people think it's just a brunch drink. And, and maybe it is, but, you know, I've kind of reached the age where, you know, I'm going to do me. And, uh, you know, and if I want a Bloody Mary, I'm getting a Bloody Mary. So I've tried a lot of Bloody Marys around Ashburn. So that was kind of my research was already partly done just in living here. I searched online um, and, uh, you know, basically kind of scoped out what other people have said about Bloody Marys um, on various websites and Facebook and social media. Um, talk to some people I know in the area who are foodies and, and dine out frequently. And, uh, and again, I didn't declare in the article what were the best or not best. That wasn't what my role was. I was just exploring some of the different types of Bloody Marys that are out there. Cause as we talk about in the article, you know, a Bloody Mary is really, it can take on a lot of different forms and shapes. You know, a gin and tonic is kind of a gin and tonic. There's not a lot of variations on it, but a Bloody Mary you know, mild, spicy, um, you know, a rim, a salt rim, an old bay rim, something else, celery and all the toppings that you can see sticking out of it. So there's a lot of different ways to do a Bloody Mary, pickle juice heavy, olive juice heavy. It's got a lot of variety. So that's kind of, that's kind of, I think what's fun about a Bloody Mary. I agree. That's what's fun about it. And that's probably what's fun about writing an article about it, because again, you can't write a big old article about a gin and tonic so much. (laughs) Because like you said, they're kind of going to be pretty similar, but uh, yeah, from including shrimp, to a burger, to the olives, to anything else, you can make them really unique. And people who enjoy a Bloody Mary, I think really enjoy that part of it. Kind of, if they're making it at home, they can make it how they want it, as spicy or salty as they want it. Um, And you can go to different restaurants and they make them a variety of different ways. Um, So that's really cool. I understand that uh, the bartender that won the best of Ashburn 2022 also makes a really great Bloody Mary. And that's uh, what she had said in the article was one of her most popular drinks, Emily Collins. So tell us about uh, talking to her or kind of like what she had to share about. Yeah, I think she was kind of surprised she won when I first spoke to her. She was a little shocked, but, um, you know, Famous Toastery is a very popular popular restaurant, especially for brunch. And as we just said, brunch is kind of the prime time for Bloody Marys. Um, so her name's Emily Collins, as you mentioned, and uh, she's been there about Oh, 18 months, 20 months now at this point. And they have two Bloody Marys on the menu. They're kind of a classic, which is a little simpler. And then they have their ultimate and has grilled shrimp on it, candied bacon, olives and lime. So even that's not that extravagant, but she felt that was just kind of just enough to give you a little extra treat without going overboard, you know, with the toppings. Well, I would say anything with candied bacon, I call that extravagant. 
because that's pretty fabulous candied bacon. Um, and I've been there and I've had their Bloody Marys. So personally, I can also share that I was like, yes, right on with this place and the Bloody Marys. They're awesome. Um, I know you also were at Ford's Fish Shack. Yep. They do an Old Bay one. That was their specialty, which fits obviously with their seafood theme. Um, they do an Old Bay Bloody Mary, which I thought was really interesting. That makes sense. Baker's Crust then and Belmont Chase, they've got their Bloody Mary with the honey habanero moonshine. That's interesting, huh? Yeah, I know. I thought that was a little interesting, but you know, that was another thing I found. And of course, when you start going into other liquors in it, there you could start arguing that they're not Bloody Marys anymore. I mean, I think they do one with tequila called the Bloody Maria. I don't mean Baker's Crest does it. I think that's a known thing nationwide that a uh, made with tequila, it's a Bloody Maria. But um, Parallel does one with bourbon. So you can start getting into different liquors mixed with the tomato juice and the seasonings and the toppings. And I guess you could debate whether those are really Bloody Marys once you move away from the vodka. But again, it's all about the variety and experimenting. Yeah. And I think a true foodie, hey, let's not debate. Let's just appreciate. <laughs> right. Uh, there was another one. Uh, it's Weathervane. It's a coffee and wine bar. And they have one I saw was a sake Bloody Mary, which is very interesting. Yeah. Sake. I mean, and so that was an interesting one. They don't I don't think they have it on the menu at the moment because they were doing it when they offered a brunch and they offer their brunch at different times. And I don't think brunch is currently on the menu, but um, I caught my eye because of it was made with sake. And the interesting thing there was, I think they don't have a full bar. They don't have a full liquor license, but they have a beer and wine license. And so sake is allowed. So they made a variation on the Bloody Mary with sake. So, again, all variations. Interesting. I wonder if they're going to get a lot of people asking for it. It may not be like uh, currently on the menu, but now that it's in the article, people are like, hey, that's different. And I don't know many other places making it quite that way. They might get some requests. Uh, I love that there's also uh, in the article uh, a recipe and it kind of talks. Um, it was Emily Collins that kind of gave people some tips about making their own at their house. How do you take your Bloody Mary, Chris? What's your favorite? So I'm kind of simple. I'm probably not that fun, but I, I usually go with Mr. and Mrs. T's, which is one of the standard store-bought mixes. And I like it relatively plain. I like it with lime juice and a salt rim. I'm all about the salt, which is terrible for me, I know, but I'm all about the salt. So I like having it with a salt rim. And I usually ask for a salt rim wherever I go. Um, I was at Alamo Draft House the other night. They have a good Bloody Mary, but I asked for it with a salt rim. I'm not sure it's normally served that way, but that's my, that's my preference. My husband makes a great Bloody Mary and we have been known to have parties that we just have a Bloody Mary bar. So he likes to really go all out and have, you know, okra and the different celeries and different olives and his favorite one, the store-bought additive is the Zing Zang. I will let you know the next time he does that. It's a lot of fun and it's like a whole table and a whole spread and it's exciting. And people probably think they're coming for all kinds of stuff, but no, <laughs> they're going to enjoy a Bloody Mary at my house. Um, Chris, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you sharing uh, about Ashford Magazine and about this article, No Limits, and about the Bloody Mary, of course. Uh, where can people kind of find you or follow Ashford Magazine? What would be your social handles? It's ashburnmagazine.com. Um, is the best place to find all the articles and every issue. There's a digital version posted almost immediately. So if you don't get it at your home, it's available at about 100 different places around Ashburn. It's available at the giant stores, the two libraries in Ashburn. It's primarily focused on Ashburn, obviously, because of the name. But there's also a digital version online at ashburnmagazine.com, and you can see the whole issue there as well. So that's where you can find it. That's the best way to find it. Okay, awesome. I hope that people listening will be uh, interested to go check it out. Definitely check out this article. Go check out some of the places that we recommended for some great Bloody Marys. Um, I want to ask you just another question. I know this magazine talks a lot about different restaurants. Is that what you would say they, in addition to, as you said, best school teachers and things like that, um, 
Is that something that you guys feature a lot is different restaurant businesses? Sort of. I mean, I think restaurants is a common topic in the magazine. I mean, the best of issue, which was the May issue that was just out, that certainly had a lot of restaurants in it because we featured a lot of different restaurants that were named, like I said, best Italian, best uh, sushi, best steakhouse, things like that. But in a standard issue, we almost always have what we call our wine and dine section. And there we usually feature either a local restaurant, a local brewery, a local winery, or a local chef, or someone who's doing maybe some a home-based, uh, home-based uh, food project. I know in our next issue, we're we're doing something about private chefs who cook in your home for you. So yeah, so there's often that type of element. We just did a story in the May issue, even though it wasn't technically a food story, it was all about the Rubino brothers who own Rubino's Pizzeria and they own the uh, the Ashburn-based um, filling company convenience store chain, which is kind of like a Wawa and filled with, they have a great menu. It's fast food, but it's a great fast food menu in there as well. So it, that was a food story that was also a business story that was also a trend story that was also a best of Ashburn story. So it had covered a lot of a lot of ground. Covered a lot. I did not know that they owned that the filling, is it called the filling station? It's called the filling company. It's the filling company Gas and Grub. Yeah. And it's their own convenience store brand, which is really interesting. So they had this series, they started in the sub shop business, changed it to the Rubino's Pizzeria shop business. They have three locations currently. I think I got that right. Then decided they own some gas stations too. And they decided to start developing their own convenience store brand. And so they came up with the filling company, Gas and Grub. And it's kind of like a Wawa or a Sheets or a Royal Farm. It has a full restaurant inside, as well as your typical convenience store and the gas station outside. And they have three locations. They opened in quick succession all during the pandemic. So it was a really uh, kind of an amazing feat. Um, and I know they're looking at maybe adding a couple more locations. So it's uh, it was an interesting story to do. Good for them. That's super, that's a super great idea. And I have been inside them and they're a bougie gas station little shop. I, I've gotten there. I've gotten smoothies. They're awesome. It, it doesn't feel like a gas station store is what I'm saying. It's like good food. That's awesome. Well, Chris, thanks again for joining me on the DMV Dine-In Podcast. We really appreciate you sharing. Um, this was a lot of fun. And again, I'm excited to hit the brunch spots this weekend and try a Bloody Mary. So thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. And we want to give a big thank you to Chris Wadsworth of Ashburn Magazine. We hope you go out and enjoy a Bloody Mary. The more creative, the better. And hey, let us know where you got it. Go ahead and take a picture and put it on our social media and tag us. Until next time, I'm Elena Spinola. Thanks for dining with us DMV style. Cheers. You've been listening to the DMV Dine-In Podcast. For anyone who loves food, restaurants in the news, and hot spots all around DC, Maryland, and Virginia. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about the DMV Dine-In Podcast, check out our website at dmvdinein.com and follow us everywhere on social media at DMV Dine-In.